Hi there, thanks for joining me for this episode of Gravity, the digital marketing and internet business podcast. I'm Bob Gentle and every week I'm joined by small digital marketing business owners, creators, consultants and practitioners working in this really vibrant space and they generously share with me what makes their business work. Whether you run your own business or you're just thinking of stepping out on your own for the first time, you're in the right place. If you're new to the podcast, then just take a second right now to subscribe to the show in your podcast player. That way you don't miss any new episodes and you can dig into some older ones when you finish this one. This week, I'm speaking to Laura Robinson. Laura is a copywriter and in a space where trading time for money is normal, she's done some really neat things to build out her business model and include some other revenue streams. Words are at the heart of digital marketing and Laura's working right at the heart of those words. So welcome along and let's meet Laura. So Laura Robinson from Worditude, welcome to the podcast. Do you want to start by just introducing who you are, where you are and the kind of work you do? Uh, yeah, I'm a copywriting coach. So I help small business owners feel more confident about writing for their online audience. Um, I'm also a qualified copywriter, mostly working um, for like sales pages for digital products, online courses. But my real passion is in helping other business owners write with more confidence because I feel like we should all enjoy connecting with our audience. That's one of the reasons that we run our own business is because we enjoy the work that we do. And um, I want to be able to help people feel more confident with that in any way that I can. Um, and I am in East Anglia. I'm about one mile from the beach. So a lot of my Instagram and my Facebook page pictures are of the same stretch of beach, which is where I like to hang out when I'm not working. Yeah, it's amazing people who are near the coast. That It means so much. I was over in Switzerland a few weeks ago and I don't travel that much. But when I'm away from the sea, it feels actually a little uncomfortable. I really miss the sea. If I've gone for like more than three days, it's been about a week and it's absolutely blowing a gale here. So it's not very inviting, but I might have to go down just to go and look at the waves. If- yeah, it should be pretty dramatic today. You focus on copywriting and I think it's easy to get flippant and say to copywriting is it's not the sort of technical sexy end of the web by any means, but it's so easy to forget that the web, digital marketing, it's either words or it's pictures or it's moving pictures. That's it. That's all we've got. The words are incredibly important. What does a typical client look like for you? Um, Usually my clients have been in business for a couple of years and they've muddled through on their own. um, And now they're starting to realize that unless they refine their message and get a bit clearer on what they want to be communicating, they'll end up with like this rough jumble of different clients or people, different customers, um, rather than targeting the people that they'd really want to enjoy working with. So, um, yes, yeah, people that they've like checked the concept of their business works, they know that they enjoy the work and now they're ready to put some time and energy into being more intentional about who it is that they're connecting with. Do they have a particular kind of business profile or a particular industry? Does it tend to be online business owners or sort of more industrial? Uh, they've all um, tend to be have some element of online delivery. So it's um, people who work one-to-one, they might work one-to-one people in person, but they'll also have like some online coaching or a program. Um, But it's all different types of businesses. Like I've worked with, 
people who train you how to use Excel, people who work with animal trainers, nutritionists, coaches. It's it's really crazy. And one of my clients said to me the other day, she's kind of envious of what I do because I get to work with so many different businesses. The variety um, you know, it looks really interesting. And that's one of the reasons I went into it. I was like one of those people that loves a pub quiz because I know so much random stuff that seems really <laughs> disjointed. And so the idea of working with this random collection of people who have very varied businesses and very different audiences and very different messages they want to get across, uh, that's one of the most fun parts for me. I think having fun is important, but getting paid is, is equally important. And one of the things that strikes me with copywriting is it's a little bit like the web design business where you win a client, you do the project, the project's done, you get paid, next. Um, and it can be quite, not repetitive, but you have to be constantly on your game in terms of sales. It's not like the more uh, re- retainer-based parts of the marketing mix. What does your business model look like? Because you've got a f- couple of things going on, I noticed just with the general rummage around, that you've managed to take steps away from simply that trading time for money yeah I, I needed to otherwise I was gonna get very tired very quickly and also I like to have quite a bit of time off over the summer and I couldn't have like zero income during that time so I was initially I just went one-to-one with copywriting clients so I had that whole feast and famine cycle going on where I would be busy working a client and make lots of money and then enjoy that for about five minutes and then realize I've got nothing planned for the month ahead and I needed to act fast to find another client. Um, So I still do some elements of um, one-to-one copywriting work. And then I I did for a while have clients on retainer, which helped smooth that out as well. Um, But now my focus is much more on... um, working uh, working one-to-one with business owners in a kind of coaching capacity, helping them to write their own copywriting. So I have programs where there's tutorials and templates to show them how to write their website content. And then I work with them. I, we have one-to-one calls. I copy edit their work. So they're getting the content created and they're improving their copywriting skills at the same time. And because that's, um, and then that those people then have the option to go on to work with me long-term by, um, joining like a monthly subscription service. So by having the different elements of the business, it's definitely helped smooth the income out and take the stress off a bit. And how much of an impact does that additional revenue make in terms of your business? I mean, what what sort of proportion is it currently? Uh, Well, I've had to make some changes to how I run the business because um, I unexpectedly unexpectedly started homeschooling both of my kids just over a year ago. So instead of it being an increase in income, it's meant that I've been able to maintain my income but drop back the number of hours I'm working every day. So every I only get about two to three hours each day to work and then I can get about a six-hour chunk in at the weekends. So um, I, if I hadn't have made those changes, I don't know how I, would have, I wouldn't have been able to survive, I think, just on one-to-one copywriting with the amount of distractions and um, additional work I've got on at home. Yeah, that's the kind of situation that can definitely lead to a crisis in a business. I mean, I, I, you can't imagine what that would have meant if you hadn't had that. It was, I mean, luckily I'd seen it coming a little bit, but it was a bit of a shock. So about 18 months ago, um, my husband was made redundant. So he was at home full time. The kids were in school full time and I was working, getting to work full time on my business, which was fantastic. And I really enjoyed it. And after a while he decided, oh, I'd probably 
quite like to only go back part time. So the plan was that I would continue working full time in my business. And then he changed his mind and decided actually he'd like to go back to work full time. So that was okay. It just meant I lost a few hours. And then um, we decided to homeschool the youngest child who was 10 at the time. And then a few months later, my eldest child sort of started falling apart at the seams and wasn't coping very well with school either. So we took him out. So over the course of about five months, I went from working full time and a bit on my business to only getting a couple of hours a day. So it's definitely tested my flexibility. Yeah. No, I, I can't imagine homeschooling children. It's but it's it's um it's hard enough having to support the homework, let alone actually being responsible for the schooling as well. So yeah, I, I hats off to you. Well done. It was definitely a new type of challenge. Yeah. So going back to the business, one thing that I'm always curious about, and there's an awful lot of diversity in in the answers to this kind of question, but the work that comes into you, does it tend to be all online through amazing funnels and stuff that you've built or is it referral or is it, is it a mix? What does that look like for you? For the most part, it's referrals. So I've um, made friends with a few web designers who um, suffer that problem of a client who has no content to go on the website. <laughs> so they send them over to me so we can get that sorted out. Um, so that keeps me busy. Um, and then I have um like my facebook page i keep pretty up to date i have a facebook group so there's quite a slow getting to know you process i see people like pop up as strangers and they see that they've watched some videos they comment on a few things they might send me an email um and then after a little bit of time then they're ready to work with me so i wouldn't it's not like a systematized is that even a word systematized funnel it's enough of a word for me to say yes it's a word so it's not um, like a rigorous funnel where there's thousands of people being poured in at the top and hit with well-timed advertisements until they cave in and start working with me. It's um, it's a pretty gentle nurture process. The, the web designers that you work with, I used to run a web design business or a business that was predominantly doing websites. And there was one situation that I would always rub my hands and think, this is going to be a good website. And that's when the words were done before the website was planned. What part of the stage do you... A, normally get pulled in, and B, would you like to be pulled in? Because they're two different things, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's a good question. And actually, it was how I ended up uh, doing copywriting was because I briefly did web design as well, not in not very well, I have to add. Um, but I then got chatting to other web designers, and they said that they consistently run into this problem of people showing up with no content. And I remember asking, um, it was quite a big agency as well. I said, what, what do you do then if they haven't got any content? And he just sort of shrugged and said, well, whoever hasn't, who isn't busy in the office, we make them write it. And I thought, wow, what a waste of like web designers' talents that you're having them sit there and bash out the words. And what a waste of a good website that you put all this effort into making it look wonderful, but the words on it aren't doing the job that they need to do. That's how I ended up getting into copywriting. Because I enjoyed that bit a lot more than the web design. Which point would you like to be involved in the project? What's the, the what's the right point for someone like you to be brought in? I think after they've decided on a web designer and they've started pulling together a rough idea of the pages that they're going to need. Although even at that stage, I would it's useful for me to be involved because often you don't need as many pages as you think you think you do and it's not just about the words that you put on each page it's actually how you hang together all of the content to create a journey for the customer from the minute they arrive on the page 
and um, so the earlier the better really yeah i think as well there's an awful lot to be said for hiring a copywriter that focuses on web copy because it is a very particular thing that one of the traumas of a web designer is getting their copy done by a PR company because PR companies justify their billing by the number of words they produce. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing worse than pages and pages of text. Um, actually, less is almost always more on a website. And the other thing that I think people underestimate is the importance of the microcopy. So it's the small captions and phrases that go to provide the visual waypointing through a website. Is, is that an element that you work on as it's well? Because that's the bit that's going to get read. So the um, working in um, online copywriting, copywriting for websites, you kind of have to come to terms with the fact that actually most of what you're writing isn't going to get read anyway. So yeah. it's certainly not going to get read in the traditional like left to right, top to bottom style. So when I write when I write a page, it's designed so that I the person's going to skim it. I know they're just going to skim it first. So I want enough to be standing out so that when they've done that first skim, they think, oh, okay, this is this is worth my time and they'll go back up to the top of the page. And even then when they've chosen to go back to the top of the page and start again, they're still likely to skip over big chunks of, of um, what you've written. So it is a funny, um, it's a funny process because I try to think about it in, in like three stages. How does it read when it's just literally skimmed over very superficially? How does it read when the client looks at it and goes through it with a fine tooth comb, re- reading it top to bottom, making sure that everything's done perfectly? And then how does a regular person who's on a website on their mobile phone with 18 other distractions going on, how are they actually reading it? No, I think you're absolutely spot on there. I think the other thing I'd be interested in how you handle is one thing that used to frustrate me running a website business would be getting designs back from a designer where everything would be lovely, homepage is great, the content page would be brilliant around the edges, but the content area would be blank. So there was no thought given to the visual styling of various types of content. It was just content area. How much of a position are you in to push back to the designers and say, no, you're going to have to do better than this because I need headings, I need captions, I need emphasis, I need ways to emphasize various things and display the copy in a way that allows this scannability to happen. It's always felt like a really collaborative process, to be honest. Like when I send the first draft in, I will mark out um, you know, how I want it to be formatted and the bits that I want to stand out. And then um, when it's a draft version is put on the website, so how it's going to look when it's live, but before it's actually live, I go back through it. And because sometimes it looks one, it looks one way on the page, or it reads a particular way when you're just looking at it in a document, but it, it looks completely different when it's on the screen. So there's that two stages to it. And I've never had any difficulty um getting the changes made. I think because it, once it's up there, it's really obvious when you point out like, this is why I want this changed. I want this bit to stand out. Um, so I've always been quite comfortable collaborating to get the look of the final page to match what I intended when I was writing the copy. Have you any good stories about the, the, kind, of, the kind of stuff I always love to hear is, I had my website for six months. It did nothing, updated the copy. Suddenly everything changed. Have you any sort of light bulb moments like that? Often the light bulb moments for the clients come when they're talking to me very early on. So when we start talking about who it is that they're targeting, um, that is often that's the first time they've even really given that deep thought. 
And the conversation that comes up over and over again is they'll talk about the type of person that comes to their website, the type of person that typically does business with them. And I'll ask, well, are they the ones that you actually want to be attracting? Like, how does that work out for you? Are they, do you enjoy working with them? And there's a pause and they kind of go, oh, no, actually, I'd rather be working with this type. So it, we don't have to wait for the finished product to start getting real breakthrough moments. They come from that first conversation. And you'll probably find that with web design. It's not, um, it's not about the product that you're delivering. It's about those initial conversations where you start talking about marketing and positioning and attracting the right people. For lots of small business owners, that's the first time they've given that any deep thought. Um, I'd like to look a little bit beyond the copywriting to the what was it that led you to sort of productize your service, if you like, in the sort of not trading time for money way, the courses that you put together, the, the coaching, what would you describe that as? Um, it is it is like a done together program. Um, and it came about because I, w- I was getting more and more work doing sales pages for uh, mostly for digital products. So when other people were launching courses or membership sites and they would come to me and ask me to write the sales page and I can write a really good sales page. But I didn't like the idea that they were thinking, if I pay this person lots of money to write a wonderful sales page, that's it. Like that's all I need to do. That's all my my concerns fixed and just put the sales page up and Bob's your uncle, I'm going to make loads of money because there's so many other different elements to it. And and especially if you've moved from a one-to-one model where you've been delivering some kind of service and you yourself have been timing trade for money, uh, trading time for money, if you then add on some kind of digital product, the way that you market that needs to change completely because you need a much bigger audience. You need to be creating far more marketing content you need to be connecting with more people and one great sales page isn't going to do that so I wanted to create something a process where we could work together where by the end of it they had the sales page that they wanted but they also had the skills they needed to get people to that sales page so that they could take someone from being a complete stranger and nurture them with their content just you know just facebook posts blog posts wherever they need to be writing they would have the confidence to do that and then deliver them to this beautifully written sales page so that's much more than a simple copywriting course that's much more intelligent it it definitely is but i found that the best way to kind of position it is to say we're going to write your site together so there's um there's there's two ways of doing it the first one I've launched already, which is um, to rewrite your site, because um, often people come to me, like I said, they're about two years in and they look at their website and they go, oh, this doesn't like this does not reflect me at all. They might have thrown the content together in a bit of, ru- of a rush just to get something up and it's done the job so far, but it's not something that they feel particularly proud of. So um, together we'll rewrite all of the core web pages. And then at the end of that course, I have another, I have a one-to-one call with them where we put together a very gentle, manageable marketing routine, which might only be two or three things a week, just something that they know they can do with consistency to keep getting people to that website, because there's not much point creating this beautiful looking website with all this lovely written content on it if nobody ever sees it. And then I'm just putting together another package, which will be called something like prepare to launch, because another point at which people come to me is when they've got this product to launch. Um, And again, usually the whole website content needs looking at because it's not as simple as just slotting in the new sales page for the new thing that you're selling, because then the whole rest of the customer journey on the site doesn't make sense. 
with the online business that you've got now, you've got something that you can continue to grow. And then you have your done for you service and you have a limited amount of time available for that. So I'm guessing there is actually no desire to grow the done for you side. Yeah, that's the bit that I'm probably least enthusiastic about. Um, I don't, I don't really know why. The people, the clients are always really lovely, and when I sit down to write the copy, I always enjoy, I always enjoy it when it's done. <laughs> but there's definitely something about those businesses that are in the earlier stages that I really enjoy. Um, it does feel like you, I make more of a difference, get more of those light bulb moments talking to those clients. So. Um, the kind of done together packages is the stuff that I would like to focus on. Yeah, it's more fulfilling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the, in the end, it's only so much money can, um, so much motivation money can give you. If it's not something that you enjoy doing all the time, then you're going to get bored of it pretty quickly. Are you never tempted to subcontract or outsource the the copywriting and actually continue to push that? Because I guess you could if you wanted to. I could, but I think then my time would be taken up doing something that I don't want to do, like managing other people. I, di- I did that when I was in my old job. I feel like I'm pretty averse to anything that looks like a previous job. Yeah. What I'd be interested is you, you're around the copywriting world. You see an awful lot of copy. You see a lot of websites. What are the most common mistakes or sort of face palms you come across on a regular basis? Too much copy, like you, as you mentioned earlier, I think people feel like um, the more they write, the more selling they're doing. <laughs> but there's, and, and we've all seen like those huge, really long sales pages that by the end of it, that you've been beaten into submission and you'll just buy it just to make the, the experience be over because the sales page has been so huge. Um, I don't write those kind of sales pages. And I think ideally your sales page shouldn't be having to work that hard. You should be sending people who are already pretty warm to be looking at that page anyway. So, um, yeah, number one is definitely vast quantities of content when it's not needed. Um, the second one, oh, is, and it's my personal favorite. There's probably a good few Facebook posts and blog posts about where I have a little rant about this is when people refer to themselves as we when they're the only person in their company. Yeah, because that gets really awkward when you have an about page that's all about our company and what we do and our experience. And then when you try to talk about our experience, it quite clearly adds up only to one person's experience and the qualifications add up to one person's qualifications. And then what are you going to do for like a team photo? Because it's just you and the dog. People are going to twig pretty quickly that it's not a big business. (laughs) <laughs> so I always tell people just, you know, however uncomfortable you feel about it, you just need to be upfront from the beginning. Because if you fool this prospect into thinking it's you plus four or five other people, how far down the line do you think they're going to get before they realize actually it's just you? And then you've trashed that relationship. You might as well just tell them upfront. And if they don't like that, it's just you, they'll leave. Never mind. There's space for someone else who's happy to work with just a one-man band. So yeah, that's my number two crime that I see committed. <laughs> um, and I guess the third one, if I can have, I'll have three. Three is a good number to stick with. The third one is um, back to sales pages. People blame them for so much, or they expect them to do so much. So I very often get tagged into Facebook posts, or I get asked in groups um, to look at a sales page. So someone will say you know, this, this sales page isn't converting. Can you tell me what's wrong with it? 
And the first question I'll ask is how many people have seen it and how many of those people have bought. And they'll say something like, oh, I can see it's been it's been viewed five times and only one of those people bought. And I think, well, if I could write a sales page of the 20% conversion rate, I'd be very proud of myself. <laughs> yeah um and so you know often it's not there's not the sales page it's it's nobody's seen it or it doesn't make sense because they've gone from a freebie that's like a one a four piece of paper printable to then asking them to invest in a thousand dollar program or um you know the product itself has not been very well thought out and it's you know it could be the best sales page in the world and it's not gonna be able to sell it so yeah i'd say that's a pretty big one is that people massively overestimate the power of copy on a sales page when actually if you've done all the rest of the stuff right i've seen really badly written sales pages um, and the person's making a killing and i've been drafted in not long ago to help with a sales page like that where they they sent me a message and said i know this sales page could be better can we have a call and i looked at the sales page and it was not good and i prepared myself to be speaking to someone who was in the really early stages of their business and when I spoke to them, it was already a very successful business and was making a lot of money um, on a monthly subscription that this sales page was for. And because everything else about his marketing made sense and what he was selling was there wasn't anybody else doing it and it was something that people needed, it actually hadn't mattered that the sales page was pretty bad. I mean, he was kicking himself that he knew he could be making more money if the sales page was better. But my point is the sales page on its own isn't, isn't the thing that's going to make it work. Yeah. I think it is a very simple calculation as traffic plus conversion equals money, ideally. Um, but there are lots of elements in each hand, the traffic and the conversion hand. But the text is such an important part of the conversion journey. It's often underestimated or just cobbled together. But if you really think about it and craft that properly in partnership with someone like you, it, it can certainly be that tool that allows you to turn not that investment into traffic actually into the outcome you want but like you said it's part of a journey so it's not the text that's on one page it needs to be it needs to make sense so when they come they read the email and then they click on the link and go to the sales page that sales page is it just a reflection of what was said in the email and it's a reflection of whatever goes out in the facebook ads and it's a reflection of what you've talked about in your facebook lives it's getting that consistency of the messaging across everything that you're putting out in relation to that product, not just one dazzling sales page. Yeah, and there's nothing more jarring than actually stepping out of that journey accidentally um, with a, a page that the design just doesn't fit or the copy is a completely different style. When it happens, it, the sale is gone. Yeah, because people don't like to be surprised or confused. Yeah. So, Laura, you've been very generous with your time. I'm going to ask you, I guess, if people want to connect with you, how would you like them to do that? Come over to my website, which is writewithwordatude.com. Or if you're on Facebook and if you just put Worditude, which is W-O-R-D-I-T-U-D-E, it's a completely made up name, like Words with Attitude. If you put that into the search bar on Facebook, then my page will come up. I'll put links to all of that in the show notes. Laura Robinson from Worditude, thank you very much for your time. It's been great. Thank you. Any excuse to talk about writing and copywriting and I'm there. After listening to Laura, I'm going to go back and check all the copy on my websites. For most of us, the text on our websites is a rushed afterthought and frankly, good enough. If you really want to make an impact online, 
then good enough can't be your benchmark. Going that extra mile to really craft a message which captures attention when scanned and then convinces when read in detail can be the difference to, between the success or complete failure in your business. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe to the show. And if you haven't already, then join our Facebook group. You can find a link from the website at bobgentle.com or just search Gravity Digital Marketing in Facebook and you'll find us easily enough. My name's Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Laura for giving us her time this week. Thanks to you for listening to Gravity and see you next time.